Hello, and welcome back to The PA Way. I'm your host, Allison Callahan, and I hope you enjoyed our first three episodes discussing liver disease. My goal is to provide clear, concise information pertinent to your studies as you prepare for your pants or panry, or if you're a practicing PA, I hope you found it relevant to your clinical practice. I recently changed jobs after working in the ED for over 10 years. I decided to accept a position in the ICU. This has opened my eyes to a world of medicine beyond just stabilizing patients and initiating a workup, but to monitor them and try to diagnose and treat the underlying reason for their presenting illness. It has been very challenging, but I've found that having an understanding of some key concepts about the kidney and kidney function are pertinent to every patient that I see. The kidneys play a key role in maintaining fluid balance, acid-base status, and electrolyte management. An understanding of acute kidney injury is crucial to managing inpatients and providing appropriate follow-up on an outpatient basis. There are many risk factors associated with developing an acute kidney injury. These include a history of chronic kidney disease, hypertension, chronic liver disease, sepsis, and nephrotoxin exposure. Identifying these patients early will allow you to help prescribe preventative measures before any anticipated surgery or worsening illness and to be more cognizant of what needs to be done to preserve their kidney function. Make sure that your patient is well hydrated. Any prescription or over-the-counter medications that can be nephrotoxic need to be discontinued, if at all possible. Any risk for infection needs to be minimalized. Acute kidney injury is defined as an abrupt, reversible decline in the glomerular filtration rate. This leads to an increase in the serum creatinine, an increase in the blood urea nitrogen, and decreased urine output. Patients will have an increase of serum creatinine from their baseline of at least 0.3 milligrams per deciliter within a 48-hour time period, or a 50% increase in less than seven days. The two major causes of acute kidney injury are categorized as pre-renal or acute tubular necrosis. Pre-renal causes include hypovolemia, changes in vascular resistance, and low cardiac output. We'll talk about those more in just a moment. Whereas acute tubular necrosis is typically classified as ischemic or secondary to nephrotoxin exposure. Now that can be confusing since the underlying etiology can oftentimes be the same with some of the pre-renal diseases resulting in acute tubular necrosis. This too will lead to some overlap in the clinical presentation. The thing to remember is that acute tubular necrosis is a result of damage within the kidney itself, but pre-renal acute kidney injury is a problem occurring outside of the kidney, so the laboratory findings will be a little bit different, and that's how we'll differentiate between the two. Let's expand on the pre-renal causes first. Hypovolemia may be described as decreased intravascular volume. Examples would include blood loss, possibly from a GI bleed or trauma, dehydration or decreased oral intake from somebody who's vomiting or having diarrhea. Now, we've all seen these patients. They're tachycardic. They have dry mucous membranes, decreased skin turgor, and may present with orthostatic hypotension. 
Those with chronic liver disease may have significant third spacing of fluid with ascites and peripheral edema, but may still have significant intravascular volume depletion. Use of prescription diuretics can significantly decrease circulating blood volume and lead to further hypoperfusion of the kidney. Changes in vascular resistance in conditions like sepsis and anaphylaxis may present in distributive shock, which decreases perfusion to the kidney secondary to severe peripheral vasodilatation. This would clinically manifest as warm, flushed extremities, bounding pulses, and the patient may have a fever or a rash. Decreased cardiac output resulting in decreased blood flow to the kidneys can occur from heart failure, a pulmonary embolism, or a pericardial effusion. I'm going to simplify the laboratory evaluation. Let's assume that none of our patients have chronic kidney disease or take any diuretics. Let's also assume that they don't have chronic liver disease, just for this part of the discussion. Urinalysis and acute kidney injury is typically normal if you have a pre-renal cause. Although you may see hyaline casts, which are commonly seen in dehydration, and they're also seen in diuretic use. Those with acute tubular necrosis have muddy, brown, granular, and epithelial cell casts. Checking urine sodium may also be helpful. The kidneys will try to hold on to the sodium in an effort to increase or hold on to water, which would therefore increase intravascular volume. That decreases the urine sodium excretion to less than 20 milliequivalents per liter. And the fractional excretion of sodium will also be low, less than 1% for that same reason. In contrast, those with acute tubular necrosis will likely have a fractional excretion of sodium of greater than 2% and a urine sodium concentration of greater than 20 milliequivalents per liter by way of two different mechanisms. It may be a result of damage to the renal tubules leading to sodium wasting or an appropriate response from the remaining well-preserved nephrons to help expand volume. Now, treatment for acute kidney injury can range from emergent hemodialysis to administration of IV fluids to restore intravascular volume. Indications for emergent hemodialysis are severe hyperkalemia, uremia with altered mental status, and a pH of less than 7.1. Treatment is contingent upon determining the underlying cause and removing any potential nephrotoxic medications. The goals are to restore fluid balance and correct acid-based disturbances and electrolyte derangements. Let's do a rapid review. There are two main types of acute kidney injury, pre-renal and acute tubular necrosis. Pre-renal is often a result of decreased renal perfusion from hypovolemia, changes in vascular resistance, and decreased cardiac output. The causes of acute tubular necrosis are often the same. Pre-renal acute kidney injury can lead to acute tubular necrosis. Acute tubular necrosis is also classified either as ischemic or secondary to nephrotoxin exposure. In pre-renal acute kidney injury, the fractional excretion of sodium and urine sodium are low, but in acute tubular necrosis, these are typically elevated. Urinalysis can be normal in pre-renal acute kidney injury, 
Whereas in acute tubular necrosis, we will see muddy, brown, granular, and epithelial casts. Treatment should be aimed at the underlying cause, and goals of treatment are to maintain fluid and electrolyte balance and correct any acid-based disturbances. Let's move on to a Roche review question and apply the information we just reviewed. A 69-year-old male presents to the emergency department complaining of nausea and vomiting for three days. His past medical history is significant for hypertension, diabetes, hypothyroidism, and hyperlipidemia. His medications include lisinopril, levothyroxine, glipizide, and atorvastatin. Lab work reveals a serum creatinine of 3.2. He previously had normal kidney function. Which of the following medications should be discontinued? A, atorvastatin, B, glipizide, C, levothyroxine, or D, lisinopril? The correct response is D, lisinopril. Lisinopril should be discontinued in the setting of acute kidney injury. The patient likely has pre-renal acute kidney injury secondary to dehydration from his nausea and vomiting. A common cause of pre-renal disease is true volume depletion, which can be caused by dehydration, hemorrhage, diuretics, vomiting, diarrhea, or any other type of fluid loss. In all cases, the glomerular filtration rate is diminished because of decreased renal blood flow. The appropriate treatment is to increase renal perfusion with volume repletion. That is the PA way of taking a topic from presentation to application. If you'd like to make suggestions for future topics or have any ideas for improvement, please contact me at allison at roshreview.com. Thanks again for listening. And next week, tune in where we'll start a discussion on hypertension. Hypertension.